This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. He's only played one half of regular season NFL football, but it's already very apparent that Kenny Pickett can't be blamed for anything. It's simply not a lot. Pickett was totally responsible for the second interception he threw. I'll talk more about that in just a bit. Pickett was 50% responsible for the first interception he threw. He floated the ball up there on that long pass to Claypool. It got both DBs involved, having floated it, but um, Claypool could have done better. He's 6'4". He got out-physicaled by a 5'9 DB. Pickett really bobbled that pitch to Warren. That play could have broke. That was Pickett's worst mistake, and he threw a pick on the next play. That was the second pick, the killer pick. But really, mostly, Kenny Pickett played well. But we have to say he played great. We can't say anything is Pickett's fault. The general opinion is, if it hits a receiver's hands, it should be caught. But the interception that glanced off Fryermuth's hands, Pickett's second pick, the killer pick, Fryermuth was at full stretch. He's 6'4". It hit his fingertips. That's a bad throw and a bad decision. Pickett should have thrown that ball away. If Pickett throws that away, the Steelers win the game. But it's not Pickett's fault. It's Fryermuth's fault. It's Claypool's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Or maybe it's nobody's fault. Should have got the butt mine in there, but I timed it all wrong. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast. I welcome now my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, up. What are your thoughts on Pickett's performance? And do you agree that especially on Steeler Twitter, and to a lesser extent with Steeler Media, we're not allowed to blame Kenny Pickett for anything? No, he's the greatest quarterback ever. He's the best to ever do quarterback sneaks in the history of the NFL. And one thing that you omitted, yes, he threw three interceptions, but Mark, the ball hasn't touched the ground yet. 100% completion percentage, just three of them went to the other team. That would be a good prop bet. Could I bet on Kenny Pickett? Never throwing a ball that touches the ground for his entire career. Or you could bet pass by pass. Well, this one touched the ground. Yeah. Well, that one touched the ground. <laughs> bet Rivers, get on it. This podcast is sponsored by Bet Rivers. Bet now from anywhere. I want to be able to bet now from anywhere on every single pass Kenny Pickett throws. The second pass to Fryermuth, the second interception, excuse me, is the one that's extra frustrating because it is 100% Kenny's fault. He put it in that window where Fryermuth thinks he has a chance at it. So he obviously goes up to try to make a great catch. He tips the ball. A caller actually made this analogy on the show yesterday, setting it like a volleyball. 
ball in a volleyball match, and it's just easy pickings for the defender. He's got to get that thing like 10 feet more higher in the air so Fryermuth knows to just look at it and wave at it as it goes away. Actually, now that it's put that way, it's almost as much Fryermuth's fault because, uh, you know, Pickett should have known to throw it away. Fryermuth should have known to let it go. Yeah, He but- knows where he's at on the field. Well, no, if we're going to say Fryermuth only wants to make a play, You're right. the same can be said for Pickett. You're right, and you know what? I'm sorry for even suggesting it was anybody's fault but Kenny, but, but, I, but Pat Fryermuth. I say cut both Pickett and Fryermuth, and while we're at it, Gunnar Olszewski. And Claypool. Uh, well, he should be legitimately, well, Claypool and Olszewski probably ought to be cut. When when Tomlin says at the press conference he doesn't have much trust in, in his punt returner, well, they get someone else to return <laughs> right. punts. And Claypool, Claypool's just a bust. I think no Claypool catches, is a bust. No catches. No catches. You were brought in to be a combat catcher. You're six foot four. You're two twenty plus, and you're just a wimp. Anytime that somebody goes up with you to make a play, they are the ones that make the play. You're worthless and weak. Now drop and give me twenty. Actually, Claypool would drop. He dives for everything. <laughs> just doesn't jump up. Dives out, not up. Um, one thing you gotta love, and, and we're gonna play some sound bites of this on on my show on the X. That Ben has a podcast the year they're switching quarterbacks, which means he is giving play-by-play on the quarterback situation, which I'm sorry, that's just not good for Pickett, not good for Trubisky, but Ben certainly knows how to make himself the story, doesn't he? It's great for us, too, because that nothing more I'd rather come in on a Monday than hear what the ex-Hall of Fame quarterback has to say about how poorly his replacement's doing. Well, Ben says— Are you surprised with how good that podcast has been? I've listened so little. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's better than you'd think it would be. It is better than I thought it would be. I mean, Ben's a smart guy. Yeah. As long as he's talking about Ben. And even when Ben's not talking about Ben, he's still talking about Ben. That's right. Now, for example, <laughs> Ben says that Pickett made the right play on the second interception, uh, you know, trying to make a play. Ben said that, that he would try to make the same play. That's after Pickett texted Ben and said, quote, I should have thrown it away. I mean, should Ben be revealing private texts between him and Pickett on Ben's podcast? No, he should not. Is Ben also in the ear of Kenny Pickett more than a Matt Canada or a Mike Sullivan? Is he the real offensive coordinator via text message? I think that's a question that needs to be asked. Ben Ben would have thrown that exact same pass, and you know what? It would have gotten tipped up, and it would have been intercepted, just like Kenny's was. No, I, I agree, except I, I think that Ben would have had... No, no, I don't think... Gunslinger Ben back in the day would have effed that up. He would have thrown it right into traffic. Ben last year wouldn't have. Yeah. Ben last That's year fair. was super conservative and super smart. Ben would have beat the Jets Sunday. I think Ben could have beat the Patriots two weeks ago as well. They could be 3-1 and one with Ben. With Ben Roethlisberger, which is just tremendous. You know he's licking his chops at that. I think Cincinnati would have laid him out. Cincinnati? Yeah. The first week? Yeah, the first week. Since he wins that game of Ben plays. Because he's just a statue back the, there? The best I'll go for with Ben playing quarterback this year is 2-2. Two and two. Okay. That's still one win better than they are right now. Now, Buffalo is favored by 14 against the Steelers. What's going to happen there? I saw that's the most the Steelers have been an underdog since the 1970 merger between the AFL and the NFL. They've never been a two-touchdown underdog before. And they weren't real good at the beginning of that merger either. So that's surprising to me. That's one of those lines where you don't bet it, right? That's just way too many points in an NFL game. I think the Bills could cover that easily. but If you made me bet one way, I would bet on the Bills to cover. For sure I would. But it's just there's too many points. When it's 14, you never see a double touchdown spread in the NFL. 
Unless you're as bad as people think the Steelers are. Now, what if they're one and seven after these next four games? Because this is the death stretch coming up with games against uh, against uh, uh, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia. What if, what if they're one and seven, or even two and six? How does that shape the rest of their season? No matter what, I think the rest of their season is all about Kenny Pickett, getting him developed, getting him up to speed, and making sure that his progress is seen every single week. Wins, wins and losses just don't matter anymore. They'll never admit that. They'll oh rah rah, we're always going to try oh, to no, rally no, and come no, back. No, no, no. Not only will they not admit it, Tom, they'll still try to win every. They'll single still game. try to win every game. Case in point. Uh, there's a report by uh, by Jason Luckenfor, a pretty good football writer. Right. The T.J. Watt may return for week six against Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers and Tom Brady's uh, divorce lawyer. And uh, and I, I think if they're one and four, that's foolish. I think to put him back in there when he won't be playing at the height of his capabilities because of that injury, when it probably really does need surgery, I, I don't know. I mean, he's going to play. That's what he's going to want, and that's the way the Steelers do things. I just question whether it's the right idea. It's the wrong idea, but you're right. They're going to look at it as we're one and four and our superheroes coming back. Let's put him out there. We can beat these next three opponents and get to four and four before the bye week with TJ Watt on the field. So put him in the lineup. He should just be shut down for the rest of the year. It should be all focused on Kenny Pickett, developing him, getting that offense up to speed. Pickett to Pickens just needs to, they need to have like 10 plays designed for those two all year long, every every single game, just to get that connection going. It's all about 2023 now for me. I, I will I will say this, of the four games they have coming up, the death stretch, Yes, Tampa's the most winnable. See, I thought that too, but well, they, they put up of, some points last they week. They've got a lot of injuries. You know, But I, Evans and Godwin are back. Eh, yeah, we'll see how good they are coming back from injury, too. I, I don't know. I mean, Tampa's the one, put it this way, of the four games, that's the most likely one that the Steelers have the best chance in. I might push back on you in that and say Miami just because Tua's head is soup right now, and we don't know if he's going to be nah, able to play. We think it is. It might be soup for PR purposes. He's probably fine. He's out against the Jets. I know that. So maybe if Tua... You know what, though? What am I even talking about? The Steelers are going to lose to Teddy Bridgewater anyway if he's the starting quarterback for them. So so anyway, bringing Watt back, you know they're going to do it. You know they're going to try to win every game. I think this season is over. And I think, like you said, the best thing they can do is do everything to facilitate Pickett's development. Although, short of getting a new offensive coordinator, they're going to have to play the cards they're dealt. Although, like you brought up yesterday on the show, it kind of looked like Kenny was doing some audibles at the line of scrimmage against the Jets. And if he was, what an insult that is to, me- to uh, Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky was not allowed to. And Mitch Trubisky's still the captain. He's going to yeah, go that the work? coin toss. Yeah, that's just stupid. He needs to quietly not be the captain anymore. I don't know. The whole Canada thing, you did see some plays down the field more. Pickett took more chances. He hung in the pocket, got crushed, and went down the middle of the field to Fryermuth on one of the best plays that Pickett made in the Jets game. Maybe it is more on Mitch's tentativeness and lack of aggressive play and not on Matt Canada as a play caller. I still don't think he's a very good play caller, but maybe it's not as bad as it looked in the first three weeks. Now, uh, whose side do you take in the Giselle Brady split? Because they both hired divorce attorneys. Well, my favorite rumor is AB cheated on or cheated with Giselle, and that's well, why they got split he up. He posted that the Instagram. Instagram. I don't. Think I so. like it though. I want to pull on that thread, even if there's nothing there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I can't picture Giselle doing anything with such a loser. <laughs> then again, he was right there in the house. His impressive manhood was shown off in that video we recently saw. Yes, very attractive man, too. So just a I don't know about that. giant load of crazy. Oh, I think he is. <laughs> Among other things. Um, <laughs> now, uh, 
you see, I side with Giselle on this because Brady retired then came back, and he double-crossed her. If, if it had been a thing where Brady says, look, I want to play football, it's my career, but he made the sacrifice, then he yes. reneged. So I, I go with Giselle. And everybody's known for the past few years that she's been in his ear to retire, you know, every time he gets hit, she's like, I don't want to see him do this anymore. It's family time. I want to I want to have life with Tom Brady and our kids when he's 60 instead of having to push him around in a wheelchair and have to remind him who he is every single day via a post-it note. And like you said, he finally gives into that, says, you know what, you're right. I'm going to take a step back from football. And then, like, what, two weeks later, he's right back on the field. Yeah, like, what was it, 30 days, 40 yeah, days, was, something like he that? He barely yeah. even thought the, about the it. The point is he double-crossed her. He double-crossed That's her. the point. So I'm, I'm with Giselle on this one. And plus, she slept with A.B. And plus, it, uh, <laughs> no comment. See, here's the thing with with, uh, with 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 Brady. It's not like he's some schmo who's like who's hanging on on backup money, you know, who, who, who needs the extra checks for, you know, his kid's college. He played 22 years. He made more money than anybody. He won more rings than anybody. She made more money than he did. She out What's the friggin' point right now? And he has a deal in place with, I think it's Fox, one of the networks, to immediately go into a booth once he retires, and it's like worth like $40 million a year. So he's just basically making quarterback money anyway, but he's going to be in the safety of a booth. Yeah, I'm oh, on Giselle's side, too. Although he'll be terrible at, at, at color, don't you think? I think he'll, if he even tries it, he might just you know get to that point and be like, ah, I don't really think this is for me. I'm just going to fade away. Uh, okay, now I, I prepared to, to not upstage your five guy segment. I've now done a few top three lists. Oh, okay, nice. See, yeah, see, it, it cuts down the time. So my top three—I uh, have two top threes today. Top three soccer players in the world currently, and I'm emphasizing currently. My top three are unfortunately Erling Holland. He's unbelievable. Number one for Manchester City. Number two, Kylian Mbappe. From Paris Saint-Germain, number three, even though he's slightly long in the tooth, Robert Lewandowski from Barcelona, who's piling the goals in since he got there. Uh, off my list are uh, Messi and Ronaldo, because they're just too old. They're too old now. Yeah, Messi's playing in a crap league. Ronaldo's on the bench, right? You Ronaldo's on, on the, the bench field. for Manchester United. And uh, and I I also left uh, a couple Liverpool guys off, Mo Salah, because he just off to a slow start. He's he's more of a playmaker now than a scorer. And Virgil van Dijk on defense, not not terrific either. But uh, but if I put Messi or Ronaldo in there, it would be lifetime achievement. I think they're the three best footballers right now. And, you know, Manchester City showing what happens when you play in an uncapped league and you're owned by a conglomerate. <laughs> you know, I like, you know, they were the best team last year. Well, didn't win Europe, maybe never will. But, but you know, they're the best team in England, and they went out and bought the best goal scorer. He's unbelievable, too. I just looked it up right now. He's on pace to score 66 goals right now. I mean, he won't. He won't get that. Do you think he gets the record of 34, though? He's at 16 right now, I think. Yeah, in the league, yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the Premier, Premier League, league record. record. Yeah. You know what's funny, too? Uh, unless I really miss my guess, he's Norwegian, correct? I think you're right about that. It's not a powerhouse Or is he, uh, or is he Danish? He's not like one of those like powerhouse players that is going to play for a big Norwegian. You were right. He plays yeah. for Norway. And and if I'm not mistaken, Norway did not make the World Cup, so he gets a month long break. Wow! In the middle of the season, where everyone else, all yes. the other premier players like Van Dyke's going to be playing for Holland. Uh, you know, for the Dutch, right? Holland, Holland. Uh, you know, it, it. You know, he's going to have to work more after playing 67 games for Liverpool last year. The team played, not him. So. Uh, so Holland, yeah, he's amazing. I've never seen a guy that big have that kind of agility. 
Isn't there always a question when a player gets, you would know this way more than me, when he goes from one league like the Bundesliga into the Premier League, people question if he can play the Premier League style, right? Like that's one of the biggest things is that you can score in the Bundesliga, but can you score in a more physical, you know, from top to bottom, more well-rounded league like the Premier League? Well, the, the he's reason, just shoved it up their butts. The reason it's a tough adjustment to the Premier League from any other league is because it's by far the most physical league. Right. But, but you know, with Holland, what is he, 6'4", whatever? Yeah, 6'4". I, 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 I don't think that's a problem for him. Although, uh, Liverpool uh, held him in check in the Community Shield, the, the preseason lidlifter, which is played as a serious game because they, they fought him a few times in the middle of the field early and kind of slowed him down a bit. I think that's the way you have to play him. I mean, if you just stand around and watch him and try to mark him up, that's not going to work. And Mbappe, number two on your list, he's always he's been wanting out of PSG for a while, right? Hey, he says he does. He's just if, making noise. If he really wanted to. I, I'm sure he'll end up in Madrid sooner or later. They all do. Yeah. Um, and then Lewandowski, I'd like to have, you know, Salah ahead of him, but I, I can't write this second. Okay, here's here's one that more people like. Top three pizzas. Ugh. Style. Okay. I have number one, Detroit. Number two, New York. Number three, Chicago. I would go New York, number one. Then I would go Chicago, number two. Detroit would be three for me. Really? Not a big fan of Detroit pizza. Why not? I don't know. Just not a huge, uh, it doesn't really jive with me that much. Chicago pizza is almost like lasagna. You know, that big, thick sauce in the middle of it. What's deep dish? you got to use a fork and a knife to cut although, it. Although, here's a little-known secret. Most people I know in Chicago don't like the deep dish pizza. They don't like uh, really? Malnati's or what's the other one? Uh, I don't know. Malnati's the one I go to. Yeah, there's, the a, there's another famous one. That who's, uh, boy, my memory is disappearing. Giordano's. It's okay. disappearing quickly. Uh, they say that, you know what they call it? They call that tourist pizza. <laughs> they they Like most of my friends out there eat flat pizza. Thin crust. Locally, the weirdest pizza that we have is Beto's. Oh, with the Are cold cheese on top? Are you a fan of the top? cold cheese on top? I've only had it twice. M- me too. I've had it once, I think. Not I, not the best. I, I don't dislike it. It's something different. Pizza's pizza. I mean, it's hard for me to oh, find no, a pizza I, I don't I disagree. like. Really? So I, I, like De- I like Detroit because of the Detroit style, because like the caramelized crust. Yeah, that is You know really what good. I mean? I mean, like all three of those on the list, and I, and I, I'm eating. Yeah, yeah. I like New York, like the greasy, drippy, fold-in-half yeah, right. type thing. The paper plate is almost transparent once you're done with the piece of pizza. Although, let, let me say this. There are several places in Pittsburgh, namely um, Caliente and Ironborn, that do perfect Detroit pizza, whereas... Uh, the only place that mimics the New York style, the truly New York style, is the Brooklyn pizza at Caliente. Everybody else kind of doesn't doesn't do a great job at it. What are you, what's your thoughts on thin crust pizza? Eh. I like some crust. Eh. Yeah. Well, the problem with thin crust pizza, too, is I'll eat the whole pizza. Well, that, that never stops me with any style. <laughs> and, and Chicago, nobody in Pittsburgh really makes Chicago style, do they? Not not a true Chicago style pizza. A lot it, of people get it from Mount Audi's, like flown in, frozen, delivered. I know my parents do that all the time. Really? Yeah. Wow, so so I, I'm still going with Detroit number one, but I, I don't think there's a bad argument to be made here. Okay, uh, one. Uh, let's go to five guys. You want we'll go to we'll five go to, guys? Yeah, we'll go to the Penguins afterwards. Five guys today is going to be five movie character referees or umpires. Very excited about. Oh, this Oh, good. One. This is good. Now I had four really let's solid. Let's note I've not been prepared for not this at all. all. I have four really solid ones, so I'm going to go with my weakest one first. This is going to be up for debate, but I had to come up with a five, fifth guy. Remake of The Longest Yard, Alan Covert's character. He's just called referee in the casting. The guy is like, I saw a clean tackle, sir. And then uh, Adam the Sandler guy? hits him in the nuts twice in a right, row. Right, right. He gives yeah. him a wet willy. Yep, wet willy. Yeah, How about uh, you call it a clean game, bud? Yeah, uh, is he your bottom guy? That's the that's the worst one yeah, I have. That's, yeah, that's not, that's not, I mean, 
He had a small role. That in was the, the problem with number in four. The proceedings, but but uh, but it was good. Okay, go ahead. Number four, I have Mickey from Forget Paris, played by Billy Crystal. Oh, that's not not a bad call. Oh, it's great. I love when uh, Reggie Miller steps on the uh, the sideline and he's just like dancing back and forth, like out of bounds, out of bounds, out of bounds. Pew, 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 well, what about when he was it? Kareem he threw he out threw of the Kareem game? out of his farewell game. Yes, farewell game. That was tremendous. And all Kareem did was say, "Hey, Lambeer's holding me in a headlock. You gonna need blood to call a foul?" And that's he's like, it, "You're out of here, on, Kareem." <laughs> that was good. Okay, so far two pretty good picks. All right, then it gets way better from here. Number three, Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, Naked Gun. Oh, uh, umpire en- en- Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. Yeah. Oh, when he when he did like the the moonwalk to call a strike yes. and stuff like that. Well, the, that was good. The first one's great too because he doesn't know what to do and the stadium's all waiting and he just goes strike and, and it, it explodes. Huge pop. Yeah. yeah. Everybody he takes off his mask. He's like looking around. And then the third strike, he calls it before it's in the catcher's mitt. Like the ball comes right in front of the batter. He's like strike, and the batter's like what. Well, that reminds me of my my lone umpiring story because I'm part of baseball, like Colt League, Pony League when I was young, like in college. I had a kid. I got dust caught in my throat when I was working the plate, oh. and I didn't get the call out right away, yeah. and I called a strike. And the batter goes, geez, why don't you wait a little longer next time? I go, okay, <laughs> no problem. The next pitch, the pitcher's in his windup, and I call a strike. And, and the kid goes, well, the kid looks at his coach. The coach goes, hey, don't look at me. You talk goes, to the ump. Yeah, you got yourself into this. <laughs> Number four. Hair referee from Beer Fest. Oh, tremendous. You got to put the hair referee on there. Yeah, even though he's not really, I mean, that's not technically, but it's great. He's got a couple good lines. All and tied I, up, you know what that means. And I liked and I liked when he would like sh- like shake his fist like at the end of a Yeah, right when the coin would go in right, when they exactly. do quarters. He's like, "Yes, yes, yes, now, yes." Now, what other role did he play? In uh, Broken Lizard movies. He played the guy who was driving very, very too fast in, With the uh, hot girl. in Super Troopers. He's used to driving on the Autobahn. That's right. That yeah. was, he was great he there, He was too. great in that role. He's in another... But then he's also in the bedroom with Jay Chandrasker's character, uh, the director. The, yeah. Uh, Whenever him and his girlfriend remember, they go back to the room and they're bouncing on the oh, bed. Oh, that's right. That's and right. he's like, we got to get you back to the jail who cell now. Who wants a mustache, right? I do, I do. <laughs> All right, last but not least, this is the king. This is number one. By the way, I bet I have, if you don't, if this isn't your number one, I bet mine, I bet I have one you left off that competes with it. This has to be who you're thinking of. Father Pat, semi-pro. It's not who I'm thinking of, but he's great. He's the best. He's great. He's great. You said SMIC. Who played him? Matt Walsh. Oh, great character actor. Who's great, and he always is great in those small roles. Like, he was great in... uh, in old school, yes. Him and Artie Lang is the guys in the office who wanted to join the fraternity. He's uh, Mark Wahlberg's boss and Ted. When he's like, "You oh, could have right. a life with Tom Skerritt. Not a bad life." Yeah, no, he he was great as Father Pat. Oh, Father Pat's just tremendous. What was the what was the announcer's name? The old guy, not oh. Lou Redwood. Dick Pepperfield. Dick Pepperfield. He, he goes, Dick, thank you for staying. And that's the game with the score inconclusive. We go to church together, Dick. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Well, you know you know what's great about, about that's Will Ferrell's best sports movie. I think it's his best movie, period. I think it's his best yeah. movie, period. my favorite Will Ferrell movie, period. The only one that I can give a close call to is um, Step Brothers. I would pick semi-pro over Step Brothers. I would, though. too, but it's close. It is close. It's close. I thought that Talladega Nights was wholly overrated. I, I like Talladega Nights. Do you, have you ever seen the other guys with him and Mark Wahlberg? It's, it, it's it, a great parody of cop movies. It's cop hokey, shows. but it's, it's well. What, what I didn't like about Talladega Nights, a lot of it I did like. I thought the Sasha Baron Cohen character got in the way. You didn't like Jean Gerard. Well, he I, I, they needed somebody for Ricky Bobby to beat. Yeah, you need a heel. But I, I just see. I like him in really, really, 
really small doses. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. So not a Borat fan, or I liked when Borat was just a skit. What was he a skit on another show? The Ali G show. Was he on Ali G sometimes? Yeah, like he would yeah. go to Borat. Or yeah, something right. Like exactly. That. So so um, okay. Here's here's my a guy that comes right right with Matt Walsh's character. The referee for the final game of Slapshot. I haven't seen Slapshot in so long. You have to refresh my memory. You haven't? Not in a long time. It's like it's like he's uh he, he's at the he's at the face off. Uh and, and a lot of it's who he's Oh, is it the one with the Hanson brothers where he goes up to them and he's like, I don't want any of this from oh, you no, guys. No, that's a, that's another ref. I'm listening to the effing song. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and there's <laughs> and, and another referee in a game before that, you out, you out. So just you, the refs out. as a whole in Slapshot. We were robbed. <laughs> Uh, no, the last game he says at the beginning one of my favorite lines. He goes, he goes, I don't want any high sticking, I don't want any spearing, I don't want any. And McCracken goes, major surgery, open heart. And he goes, I'm asking for quiet. McCracken goes, Yeah, you'll get quiet. <laughs> it, it just that that's that. And then at the end, when McCracken hits him in the back of the head, and he forfeits the game <laughs> to the to the cheese. He goes, That's it, you lose, you lose, get out. <laughs> Come on and get your trophy, you bum. He's worthy to add onto this list. Yeah, Another no. guy that I left off was in Bull Durham, the ump that Kevin Costner argues with. And he says he calls him a ump sucker. Oh, and right, he's right, like, right. I didn't call you that. And he's like, yes, you did. And he's like, you want me to? And he's like, yeah, I'd love it if you you're did. He's a, like, you want me you're to? You're a, you're a, you're a. And he does it. He's like, that's it. You're out of here. And then Susan's written, ah, Crash must have called him a seat. Yep. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, let's wrap up with, uh, with, uh, Looking at the Penguins a little bit because uh, Carter and Bluger came back to practice. I'm not disappointed because they need them. I would like to see Sam Poulin get a game in though because I think he's the next guy up at center, and he was a wing and they converted him. Now I got to admit it's not exactly a victory for your developmental process when the winger you drafted to score goals winds up being a <laughs> bottom six center, but at least they appear to be finding some use for him. I'll yield to your expertise on this. What do you think about keeping Poulin on the roster in the bottom six in a wing role just to have him there when one of the centers inevitably goes down? Because no, they always no, do. they're not going to do that. They're going to want him playing. They'll play him center in Wilkes. Yeah, and just playing, like playing yeah. a lot. Um, I just want some younger guys in the bottom six for a change. Well, I mean, Teddy's 28. <laughs> that's not that young. It's not that Although, young. But uh, he, hey, he's the youngest center by seven years. Yeah, that's hard to believe. But uh, but so Carter and Bluger are back. It looks like Ryan Poling is going to make the team and be in the starting lineup. Surprising to you, or a little bit? Uh, and Archibald will be the 13th forward. Drew O'Connor, of course, has already gone down. Now Ryan Poling, there's some great stats with him. Okay, in his first NHL game, he scored a hat trick against Toronto, the hated rivals for Montreal, right? A hat trick. Then he scored the game winning goal in the shootout the same game. So he had four goals if you count the shootout goal. And then in another game, he scored two goals in 37 seconds, which was not a Montreal record, but pretty close, right? Besides those five goals, well, the shootout goal is not a goal, so yeah, right. So let's let's. Uh, so besides those four goals, he has scored nine goals in 83 games. <laughs> in other words, in two games, he just ripped it apart. Red hot. And yeah. then just completely quiet. And then so, I, I find a guy like that interesting, although, you know, he's on the fourth line. You won't be counting on him to score goals, so those pyrotechnics seem very unlikely to repeat themselves. If they stay healthy, the top six will carry them to the playoffs. But I think they're going to make the playoffs no matter what, Tom. Top, I, I, top three I, in the Metro? I would think so. How about the Islanders sign Barzal to an eight-year contract? What could he be thinking? Well, Trotz is gone now, so. Yeah, but, but boy... 
you wish he would have played on the team Trotz had that was pretty good and he could have opened it up some. Although a lot of those guys are still there. For the Islanders? Yeah, like yeah. Anders Lee and them. I mean, it'll still be a it's decent basically team. basically the same team, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing, now that he has that deal and Trotz isn't there, he might be more motivated and thus that much more dangerous. Yeah, and he's going to want to put up more points now. Because that's the thing that he's kind of been lacking in, right? Is he's a good scorer, you can put up a lot of points, but in Trotz's system, it kind of just suppresses well, and that. Gu- and guys like that think too. Well, how am I going to get on like Team Canada if I don't put up if points? I, if, you yeah. know, when the time comes. Although the last Olympics just you know fizzled out because right. of the because uh, of the pandemic. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I still don't see the Islanders as a as a real legitimate threat. I, I think the same eight teams are going to make it. From last year in the East, just yeah. copy and paste right over. Yeah. That probably makes sense. What's a team that you could see, like the Islanders? Is that a team that you could see maybe sneaking around and, and knocking someone out, exchanging places? I think I think Detroit's more likely. What about Ottawa? They put Ott- a lot into Ott- their team. Ottawa, yeah, they 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 got a lot. I I could see Detroit, Ottawa, maybe the Islanders kind of hanging around. Yeah, but but to be honest, I think it'll be like last year where you knew the eight playoff teams from the East. Around the middle of January. Oh, I know. But- which would be ideal for the Penguins because then they could rest Sid, Latang, and Malkin occasionally, although they just won't. That's not going to happen, yeah. But yeah. it's the smart move, for sure. What do you think about the last pairing on the blue line? I don't think they're going to give POJ a shot. Oh, I don't think so either. I think they're going to... I bet... If and, and by the way, if this happens in the next few minutes, we will not redo the podcast. So if this turns out to be dated, Correct. F uh, I think they'll trade POJ for, like, chump change. I did see a rumor that they asked all 31 teams about interest in POJ, so they are shopping him pretty <laughs> How'd they hard. do that, a group text? Yeah, just like Seattle, Detroit, Ottawa. You guys interested in POJ? The text was like a picture of POJ saying, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, they just don't like, and they like Ty Smith. You think he's going to be the guy that gets in the lineup? They like him. They play him in the dress rehearsal games against Detroit, too. Yeah, but if they can't make a trade, they're going to have to send him down. Yeah. That's the only way for them to get under the under the cap. And if they put POJ on waiver, somebody's going to take him. Now, if they just want to give him away and and go with the uh, bad optics of the guy they traded Kessel for and a former first-round pick leaving for free without having never really gotten a chance, that's up to them. But Some, uh, You have to swallow your ego sometimes in that situation. Well, I would play POJ. Sink I, or swim? Uh, I'd let him have the first... 20 games. Here's here's what I, I, I don't like about Ty Smith. And I don't get me wrong, I think he has a lot of potential. His transition defense is awful. Like, you know who he's like? Here's an obscure reference for those who don't watch soccer. He's like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay, the minute the ball turns over, Trent kind of freezes. Even though he's, you know, this great playmaker with the ball, he freezes for that first split second without the ball. When the puck turns over on the Penguins, Ty Smith gets caught puck watching for just a split mm. second, and he gets caught up rink because of it sometimes. But he's offensively gifted, right? Like, that's the M.O. Don't they him. have enough friggin' defensive They have enough offensively offense, gifted? Yes, they very, they very much do. You know, I, I just don't see, but, but Sully likes a certain type of player. And to be fair, here's one reason I would like to see him stay. I think for the long run, based on a little bit I've seen of both, Ty Smith has a bit more potential than than uh, than POJ. And I think what Ty Smith needs is to work with Todd Reardon one-on-one a lot, and that can't happen in Wilkes. I mean, Toddy being the assistant coach right. for Pittsburgh in charge of the defense, you know, he'd just go to he'd go to Wilkes and he'd just play. But I think I still think short term, if they can't make a deal for POJ or, or Pedersen or, or whoever, 
Although I think now they're set on keeping Pedersen. I think they like that Twin Towers defense pair with Pedersen and Petrie. Petrie. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they could still send Ty Smith down at the beginning and try to work on something, you know, for a while and, you know, get rid of whoever, whenever. Something has to be done, though, right? Because still over the cap a little bit? They If Ty, if they send Ty Smith down, they're, they're under, under the cap. It. Yeah. That probably screams what the move's going to be then. Yeah. And, and if you send POJ down, you're under too, but you'd lose him on waivers. Yeah. And here's the thing I don't think you want POJ. To not be available if a, if a left-sided defenseman gets hurt right. or, or, or Ty Smith does start the season with the team and soils the bit. But you can't keep them both on the big league roster again because of the cap. It sounds like the move, the smart move is, like you're saying, keep POJ, play him for 20 games, see how it goes, put Ty Smith down because you won't lose him on waivers. And you can keep both assets and get under the cap. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, that's it for the Madden Unfiltered podcast brought to you by the great people at Bet Rivers Casino online and, of course, down in North Shore. Bet now from anywhere. How about that for a tagline? I love it. You can be in your bathtub taking a bath. You can bet. You can you, be at your grandma's house, take a bet down. It's it just beautiful. sounds so good. You could picture like Stone Cold Steve Austin like screaming at the end of a promo, bet now from anywhere, then flipping off the camera. Yeah, top of a mountain, placing bets on the NFL Sunday action. It's beautiful. From anywhere and everywhere, bet now from anywhere. That's the Rivers Casino Credo. I'm Mark Madden for Tom Offerman. Thank you for listening to Mark Madden Unfiltered. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network. BetRivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts.